power on. The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech Podcast feed. And now for another fast-breaking news story, we go to our roving reporter. The podcast, Sovereign Tech. Its host, Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants try to stop Sovereign Tech. They can't. The Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Sob Zoo, the rated R radio star is here for you. Um, <laughs> talking about, as has much been the case in 2021, really it's been the story of the past couple of years, talking about things that I never expect to actually talk about. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing that I'm going to talk about, but it's unexpected nonetheless. And in this episode, we are going to discuss, uh, well, there's actually, there's kind of a lot I want to get to in here, uh, or at least cover a lot of ground. Doesn't necessarily have to be long, but it all stems from, uh, that I was, uh, graciously, uh, given the opportunity. <laughs> it, 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 look, it is gracious. Right? You might say, holy shit, you let a Google product into your life. What are you doing? No, uh, <laughs> no, it really, it, it was gracious. Um, I had the opportunity to test out, uh, the Google, uh, uh, pixel six. Now to be clear, it's not the pixel six pro. Um, we talked about in a recent sovereign shorts. Um, I did cover, uh, you know, the announcement throughout Techtober. Of course, now we're in November of 2021. Can't believe this year is almost over surprises to come folks. Don't worry. But during Techtober, there were so many new products announced, and some of them people have finally been able to get their hands on. Uh, and really, it, you know, it feels like October 2021 or Techtober 2021, uh, if we want to be cheesy, uh, was was a tale of many processors. You know, it was a tale of new processors. Uh, Intel, you know, made insane announcements with their 12th generation, you know, I nines, which are incredibly powerful and, you know, really, really put, you know, the M one max and so on, you know, on, on notice. And then, I mean, you even had the M one max, right? I mean, which, wow. And then Google announced with their pixel six line, the, you know, their tensor chip, uh, which is, you know, there and okay. Now we got to be clear on this. Yes. Is it basically, or does it appear to be a modified, um, Exynos processor, you know, from, from Samsung? Yeah, <laughs> it, it does appear that that that's what this is. That doesn't mean that Google hasn't done very interesting, innovative new things with it or made it significantly more powerful. I mean, the same argument goes for, you know, for the M one, uh, the M one processors are, you know, essentially souped up arm processors, right? They're not totally new silicon, you know, from, from Apple, not, you know, at the, at the base of it, but 
you know, is it, uh, you know, ha has, has interesting uh, uh, configurations and customizations been done to where it is a unique animal? Yeah, I think that's true. Just as that is true for the Tensor processor that Google is now putting into um, their Pixel line. And to me, it's what made the Pixel 6 the most interesting was that it was getting a, you know, a custom, uh, custom processor or, you know, a custom SOC. And there are important reasons that I think that was done. Um, it's not just all about, you know, Google or, I mean, every company seems to be wanting to get into, you know, you know, it's, it's custom Silicon, right? It's its own chips, its own SOCs and everything. Um, Microsoft might be the outlier on that, though they're certainly trying to make Windows play very well with ARM. And, you know, when you notice the announcements of the multiple uh, security flaws coming out of, you know, exploits coming out of Intel and AMD, you can kind of understand, you know, why, why Microsoft might be looking closer and closer at ARM every day. Because, you know, and, and now that's Microsoft, but with other companies like Apple, Google, uh, and, and, you know, even Samsung with, with their Exynos processor, uh, you know, and others, I mean, part of the reason I think that they like to look at their own, you know, their own uh, SOC, their own, you know, their own silicon is because is security. And that is the tensor chip, you know, ha has, has a, some claims to fame as far as how well they work out is a whole other story, uh, you know, of security, uh, built in. To where, you know, they, they have like their, their Titan, uh, uh, you, you know, security. I mean, it, you could say it's a glorified TPM, but it might be one that actually works. Now, I've been using the Pixel 6 basically since it came out. Um, and so you could say, well, this isn't like months of using it or a year of using it. And that's fair. Okay. But I think it's been enough time for me to give you, and, and of course, you know, as the guy who wrote the security manual on Android. Um, I think I have, you know, a worthy opinion and things to share on it. And it's important to, you know, to, to grok that this is a, a, I think the pixel line or anything with the tensor processor specifically, but certainly the pixel six and up, I think is worthwhile to revisit and re review every few months. So we'll get in this early review and then who knows, maybe six months from now, we'll get in another review. Why? Because, and this speaks to why, you know, why companies, and in this case, Google wants to do, you know, their custom processor. So in, um, Google's own branding for the pixel six line, uh, I mean, you can read it right on their webpage. It talks about how every few months you will get updates. I mean, you get updates every month, right? That, that one of the biggest advantages of having a Google produced phone is the amount, you, you know, or the speed with which you get security updates and that you, you know, constantly get the latest version of Android, right? And the Pixel 6 line in particular is able to, or has, they've stated, you're going to get the next three versions of Android. Um, so, and it, it shipped with Android 12, the latest, you know, as it came out, first phone to have it. Uh, more or less, <laughs> maybe there was something that had it minutes before, I, you know, another one of the pixel phones. I don't know, but anyway, um, so it ships with, with Android 12. So arguably you'd get up to Android 15, I guess. 
And so you'll get the next three versions of Android and you'll get five years at least of security updates. Okay. Now, but in their branding, Google says that the pixel line, particularly the branding for the pixel six or the marketing lingo language for the pixel six is that every few months, it's like having a new phone. So they are able to, they're going to put in new features as they go along. Now here, both of these things are only possible because Google, because of the tensor chip, because Google is making their, you know, their own processors now. Why? And why, how come they can actually like, you know, put out the fast updates? How come uh, they can guarantee the lengthy update cycle? Longer than any other phone manufacturer, they can say, yep, we're going to give you five years at least of updates and all of this. The reason they can do that is the re is part of the reason. And it's part of the reason, part of the reason that they went with a custom processor that they went with their own processor. See, with, unless Google is using their own processor. Okay. They have to rely on Qualcomm. You know, they have to rely on basically how long does Qualcomm support a Snapdragon processor to where they can even put out updates for a phone? And really every manufacturer, not just Google is beholden. If you're using Qualcomm, you're beholden to whatever Qualcomm or MediaTek or whoever, you know, whatever company, um, you know, however long they support a processor. And if they only support a processor, if they only put out drivers for a processor or, you know, firmware for a processor for three years, well then every manufacturer is just fucking stuck. After three years, they can't put out anything else because, you know, Qualcomm or MediaTek isn't putting out new updates. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people forget this. I mean, th that's part of the reason why Apple has been so great about su about supporting, you know, its back catalog of iPhones because they control the, you know, they control they, they've had the, you know, the A, A series processors for, you know, for so long Um that and that's all theirs they choose you know how long these things are going to be supported they don't have to rely on a third party to tell them when and when they have to stop so that in and of itself makes the tensor chip very exciting right because now google is in control of the security on it um, and they're in control of the development cycle for it whatever generation or you know series of tensor chip that it happens to be and of course in the pixel 6 it's you know generation one now, also because they control the firmware for this processor, like their marketing for the, the Pixel 6 line says, yeah, every few months or whenever Google deems it, you know, they, they want it to be a thing, um, they can put out significantly new features, um, you know, for their tensor chipped smartphones. And because of that, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, revisiting the Pixel 6 even you know, every few months over the next few years could be worthwhile. Now, of course, they're going to make a Pixel 7 next year, you know, and are they going to do that foldable phone? Probably, since we know Android 12L is going to be a thing. But regardless of, you know, how good or bad uh, the Tensor chip is, it is ultimately a good thing for the consumer because you can get the update cycle that Google wants to offer, you know, that really lengthy, you know, multiple versions of Android, um, as well as, you know, again, all of the, all of those security updates. And, you know, this was something that this is a point I didn't really learn until maybe the past two or three years. And it used to piss me off about how with, I mean, Google's been doing a great job. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Hold on. 
before I say Google's been doing a great job. Yes, folks, fuck Google. They don't care about your privacy. Okay. So <laughs> let's be abundantly clear uh, on that. And I'm not going to make the argument. I mean, there are arguments to be made. Why would you use Google's hardware? Uh, traditionally, they've been the most open and the most well supported by custom ROMs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, and, and they were even made like the Nexus line, especially was basically made for developers, you know, which ended up being a good thing for the consumer because you could toss on again, custom ROMs that could really harden down, uh, you know, like security hardened and privacy hardened your hardware. Again, you know, the, the Wi-Fi only Nexus 7 might be the greatest Android device ever made, ever. And, you know, that's the end of it. Or is the Pixel 6? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but let, let's continue. Um, one of the great things Google has been trying to do in the Android, in the very fractured Android ecosystem overall, is to, you know, decouple the uh, uh, security updates from the Android version. And now I thought that that was a great idea in the first place. Um, but then, you know, the problem still stood that say you had issues like stage fright or some others that, uh, you couldn't really do anything about, like you, they wouldn't release a patch for it. Um, you know, and, and unless you ran Android nine or there, there were other exploits that, you know, would affect every version of Android before nine, um, and, and then there was, you know, the same would be true for 10, like, oh, nine had exploits that, you know, that, that they couldn't fix. They couldn't do anything about, uh, you know, unless you had Android 10 and I've, you know, that's always baffled me. And I'm like, what then, then, you know, fuck, like you you decoupled the security updates and then you did, and you know, and then you have these new versions of Android, but you've made it so the security updates can actually backport to other versions of Android. What's the issue here? Why can't you fix these exploits in older phones? Well, now I've kind of learned the reality of it. What didn't make sense before now makes sense. And the problem actually isn't with Google. The issue is with, you know, Qualcomm and whoever else that will not continue to support these processors and even make it, you know, really possible um, or at the very least viable to implement some of these fixes. Now, to be clear quickly, yes, with custom ROMs, you know, Lineage OS, Calyx OS, whatever, okay, uh, you can, you know, get newer versions of Android and make them work on older hardware, but that's a lot of trickery and falls really outside of the, of the security model that Google has set up. Okay. And I think that that's a fine thing, but then you're doing, a, I mean, so much customization, uh, you, you know, to, to make it work. Uh, say to make Android 11, you know, continue to work on an Echo Pro 3 or those phones, you know, going back and why there are phones that are favored more by the community, you know, by say custom ROMs uh, communities are, we're just so future thinking, you know, that, okay, like it has the hardware that we need, you know, that still has a driver that, that we could actually, you know, you know, go forward with. Um, so it does become cost prohibitive, but the cost prohibitiveness, again, Ultimately, you know, what we're realizing now is that it ultimately comes down to Qualcomm and, it, you know, and, and MediaTek and whoever else. So, you know, now it makes perfect sense, along with having that, you know, that 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 dream, you know, the, the 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 computer dream, as it were, of, you know, controlling both, you know, developing both the hardware and the software and having that synergy. You know, much like Apple has. 
But now, you know, we can really see, okay, wait, why does Samsung bother, you know, developing the Exynos processor? Uh, Why is Google getting into its own processors, blah, blah, blah? Well, this is a big part of that, the security issues, you know, and and, uh, length of support for devices, you know, do finally come under the purview, uh, you know, of the manufacturer or of the, the, you know, the company itself, in this case, Google or Samsung. And the, you know, Google and Samsung, uh, 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 conversation. I'm going to continue that after I actually get into, you know, after I review, uh, the pixel six itself. Now, if you want to hear more of the specific technicals, you can go listen to the techtober episode, uh, that I did for 2021. And I dive into that there. Um, we'll get into some of it here, but this is more of, okay, how does this actually, you know, what is it like to actually use this damn thing? So let's get into that. Uh, Now, like I said, this is not the Pixel 6 Pro that I am reviewing. Uh, A lot of people, you know, uh, I think are a lot are more intrigued by that. Um, When I frankly, when I had the opportunity, um, I I was not interested in the Pixel 6 Pro. Um, Like, I'll just say this up front. I think the Pixel 6, between the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro, I think the Pixel 6 is actually the better smartphone. Um, The Pixel 6 Pro has really only a couple tricks up its sleeve, um, that, that are better, shall we say, uh, and, and, you know, that can be subjective, but that are technically better than what the pixel six has. Uh, the pixel six pro for its, uh, camera has a, you know, a telescoping lens that gives you like a four X optical zoom or whatever, and, or whatever that goes to. And that works really well. It's really great. You know, and if, you know, a a phone being a a serious camera for you uh, is important and you just want that extra feature, then, yeah, the Pixel 6 Pro is awesome for you. The Pixel 6 Pro also has a very specific 5G. In fact, it's a 5G wave that's not even used right now um, or a frequency that's not even used right now. That might become a thing in the future. Might. But, you know, it does have that over the Pixel 6. Um, The other difference is that the Pixel 6 Pro does have the curve, like the screen curves over the edge. I fucking hate that. You know, I mean, getting rid of bezels is bad enough, but then then they have the fucking screen curve over. And I don't mean like like the what was it? The Samsung Edge, the Galaxy Edge, right? That like could show you notifications or something. That's interesting. You know that like that actually had like a, a usage, you know, or like a, a use case, I should say, where it could give you notifications on the side and, you know, you could actually have the thing facing down and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but no, this, this is just horrible design. And I know I'm not alone in this. I mean, you can go read at varying Android news outlets and they'll, they all agree that it's, it's just one of the most annoying uh, new trends in smartphones. And, you know, the Pixel 6 has none of the above. It does not. It's, it's that flat screen. OK, and it's only like 0.3 inches smaller than it's, it's 6.4 inches as to where the Pro is uh, 6.7. So there's not like a massive difference in screen, but I think there ultimately is a massive difference in screen because of that lack of curvature around the edges. Um, And I like I've seen videos of that in use and it really I think the curves, the curvature makes like text looks funny. Things just look odd. So I like having the, you know, the flat screen. I'll take that. Uh, So I see that as an advantage for the Pixel 6. Um, The other things. You know, the, the, the telescoping camera. Yeah, it would have been nice to have in the Pixel 6, I suppose. But you're still getting all of the, you know, custom Pixel camera features 
on the Pixel 6, you know, the st- the standard one, uh, you get night vision, you get magic eraser, you get all that jazz. And it's still like I've taken pictures with it and fuck like, wow, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm not a photographer, but I'm just blown away by these fucking pictures. They, they, they are absolutely stunning. Um, I have a hard time wondering how, you know, how you could ask for more, you know, other than that zoom, which, Hey, that's nice. But otherwise the camera's the same and, you know, and, and it does a great job. Uh, I know the selfie camera is, is a little less powerful on the six as compared to the six pro, but I'm not one for selfies either. So, you know, that, that doesn't really matter to me. Um, the other feature is the five G, uh, uh, you know, frequency specific to, or that the six pro has to kind of future proof it. Um, I mean, you'll, you know, I'm going to talk about it, but the first thing I did to this smartphone was I turned off 5g. I mean, I ran to turn off 5g on this thing. I'm not interested. 5g just drains the fucking battery, uh, and fuck 5g anyway. And I've talked about that where 5g is an anti-consumer, uh, a technology. And I don't mean a health thing. I mean, just, you know, the way that it's, it's slow it drains your battery like a motherfucker. And depending upon, you know, where you live, like it's not even, it's just not practical, you know, unless you're in like in the heart of the city, um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And even there, I think it's still bullshit. Uh, so, you know, I, t- I turned off 5g right away. So having that extra 5g frequency doesn't mean anything to me and not having these features that the pixel six pro uniquely has, uh, led to, you know, a price difference of some $300, depending upon what storage option you get. And the one I have has, is the 128 gig. And that's, that's totally fine for me because I'm not going to store a bunch of shit, uh, on this. I mean, why would I, you know, it's a smartphone that could be taken away from you at any given moment. (laughs) It's foolishness. Um, now, the other thing you might bring up is that, well, but the Pixel 6 Pro has, uh, you know, more of a, you know, higher resolution screen, whatever it is, 1440p as compared to the Pixel 6 is 1080p, and it has 12 gig of RAM uh, instead of 8 gig of RAM, which is what the Pixel 6 has. The one that I'm using only has 8 gig of RAM, and I say only, like, come on, it's amazing that it has 8 gig of RAM. <laughs> the only is a, is a misnomer. Um, so... Here, here's the part you gotta you have to understand. The reason that the Pixel 6 Pro has 12 gig of RAM is basically to power, you know, that 1440p screen. If the Pixel 6 Pro had a 1080p screen, it wouldn't need the extra four gig of RAM. So you're not like on paper, it looks like it's a less look the Pixel 6 looks like it's a less powerful phone, but in function, it's not at all. Because the pixel six pro is basically just as fast or the pixel six is just as fast as the pixel six pro because it has the lower resolution screen and who the hell's going to complain about it being 1080p. As I've said many times on sovereign tech, 1080p is the max of which a human being can really appreciate. And you can listen to my entire episode about how 4k or basically anything above 1080p is bullshit. Uh, I did an entire episode about it, ripping that apart. And I think my point has been made, you know, all right, hold on. All right. Just quick on that. Um, <laughs> so Ellen and I were at a friend's house, uh, recently, and we watched what is my favorite movie of all time, uh, when we were there. Uh, they happen to have it on Netflix, so we didn't watch the extended cut that's available on Blu-ray, but 
whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, really, I'm not complaining about it. It's just great to, you know, watch great movies with friends. And uh, we were over at a friend, at friends, uh, friend's house, and we, we watched uh, Gladiator in what gets touted as 4K via Netflix. Obviously, I don't have a Netflix account. They do whatever. Um, you know, that's fine. Um, and we're watching the movie, and, and it's on a 4K screen, you know, whatever. It's like a 50-inch or 40-something-inch television, but it's 4K. And I'm watching this and, you know, okay, I can say, yeah, like I recognize that that was 4K content or was, you know, 4K trickery anyway, right? Because it's probably upscaled and there's so much compression going on because it's streaming anyway. Um, But regardless, okay, I I get it that this is what is considered to be the presentation of 4K content. Um, I was not impressed. Now, I, I get it that it looked different. Right. And it looked like you were watching a documentary. Like it looked like you were there. Okay. Here, here, here's the problem. That's, that's not how these movies are meant to be seen. (laughs) They're not supposed to be watched like you're there. They're not supposed to be watched. Like, like everything looks, looks like way too fast. It's just, and, and gladiators movie I've watched as much as any movie I could possibly watch next to something with star in the title. And, you know, like, no, like this is not how the movie's meant to be presented at all. Okay. There is meant to be a certain, uh, 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 not a cloudiness, not a lack of sharpness or anything like that, but there, the cinematography there, there is meant to be this, I want to call it a haze, but that sounds like I'm saying it's, it's fuzzy. It's not, there's just, there is a haze to where you recognize, uh, you know, that this is a film. 4k content is just not supposed to be that way. And I've said this over and over again. Now you can make an argument for 4k with anything that's based in reality, like, you know, a football game or I don't know the, the mind numbing shit that people watch on, on TLC, uh, I, I, what, whatever, you know, you could kind of make an argument for that because that's meant to be a documentary style, or that's meant to be like a, a representation of realism. But with movies, no, oftentimes movies are, you know, th- th- again, that's why you have directors, cinematographers and all this other stuff. You are presenting things in an artistic fashion. You are not presenting reality. Unless it's the Blair Witch Project, I guess. But even that obviously has its its artistic presentation. But I mentioned this just to say that, OK, I watched something in 4K. I get it. I can tell the difference. I know when it's 4K, but then I also know. This is not how these things are meant to be seen. This is a lie of a presentation. And it's, dare I say, an insult to everybody that made that film. So for my my shocking, scathing statement of this episode, even though there might be others, <laughs> if you support 4K, all right, um, for, you know, movies of yore, as in the past, all right, and you love that director who did that work. You love those actors. You love whatever you are shitting on all of them. You are shitting on, on your favorite director. You are shitting on your favorite actors. You are shitting on your favorite key grip. You are shitting on your favorite, you know, whatever you're shitting on them. And, and frankly, this is true for atmospheric audio as well. Um, no, we're, we're meant to hear shit in stereo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, and I'm not talking about like with that, I don't, I'm talking about music in general. I'm not talking about, um, 
you know, like, like, all right, Dolby 5.1, Dolby Atmos, things like this. Uh, yeah, like there is a movie and, you, you know, it's meant to like the sound is designed to surround you. OK, like that's why movies have been made with surround sound, frankly, for decades. You know, you're just getting more precise with with the surround sound when you add in channels like that. But when Apple fucking schleps you that you should be listening to Creatures of the Night, you know, by Kiss in atmospheric audio. I don't even know if you can do that. Fuck them anyway, if you could. Uh, they're lying to you and it sucks. And I've t- and trust me, like like maybe it wasn't Creatures of the Night. I, I forget what exactly I was listening to. And I was just like, ah, th- 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 this isn't right. You know, <laughs> if you want to do this right, you need four speakers. You do quadraphonic that was developed in the goddamn 70s and is still the best sounding technology, in, in my opinion, in history. You do that and that's the end of the story and put in a deep purple album and we'll have the day. But anyway, not here to talk about that. Um, yeah. OK, let, let, let's get this out of the way. Um, the Pixel 6 line, none of them, neither of them. Pixel 6, and again, I'm mainly talking about the Pixel 6 here, so anytime, anything going forward, unless I differentiate by saying the Pixel 6 Pro, um, I'm just talking about the standard Pixel 6, but again, they're so similar other than the things I, I mentioned previously. Um, no no headphone jack. That's That sucks. <laughs> I mean, that really sucks. <laughs> fact, Ellen looked at it, and she was like, what moron thought of that? And I was like, I know, I know. There, yeah. All right. Here's, here's the thing. So the only, in my opinion, the only valid argument for getting rid of, um, you know, getting rid of an aux jack, getting rid of a headphone jack, the one eighth jack, you could make an argument from security that you want to secure this device so much. Okay. Um, that you will not allow like an analog port that could potentially that the argument would go that you could somehow bypass uh, the security that maybe would be available on a USB-C port. Maybe. Okay. But you, you could say, yeah, less ports, you know, less attack vectors. That that's, that's a simple argument that, that one could make. Um, I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't, I don't buy that for a second because they never really tell you that, you know, like they, they never really say that. Up until maybe the Pixel 6 line, which is the first one to not have the headphone jack, if I recall. Um, because this is the first one where Google really is touting, you know, like the 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 Titan, uh, and that's the name of it, the Titan security built into the device itself. But bottom line, I, I think that's rubbish. Uh, if anything, you know, put in, just fucking put in like, there's no, just no argument for this as far as security. If that, if that was the argument, then just put a splitter built into the phone itself that splits off from the USB-C port that creates an automatic converter for a one eighth jack, you know, for the plug. Like that, that, that's it. Cause otherwise you just buy the dongle that does that. Right. Which I have done. And you know, supposedly these dongles give you that hi-fi audio because it's being, you know, it goes through, uh, you know, through the digital, you know, through USB-C and sure. I can understand where that, that sounds a little bit better. Okay. I've even heard it where it sounds a little bit better, but then just do the splitter inside the goddamn phone. You make these things so fucking tall anyway, right now, all these smartphones are, are, are 21 by nine as it is. So there, there's just, there's something weird about that. And it's not the thinness because this, this phone and I applaud it is plenty thick. 
This is a very, these are, this is a heavy phone, the Pixel 6. I'm not complaining about it. I like the premium feel of it. Um, and again, because it doesn't have, um, you know, because it doesn't have the, the, the curved screen, uh, it does have a nice, solid, grippy uh, a side bezel anyway. I mean, it's, it's basically all screen. You know, you, you can't wait to get a case on this thing. Um, but it does have a good premium solid feel to it. And I think, cause I I've also held the pixel six pro, uh, I think the pixel six feels a lot more premium ironically than, than the pixel six pro, the, the pixel six pro just feels more fragile. It's a, again, that's a subjective thing. It's a feel thing. Um, cause we know, you know, we've seen the YouTube videos of where these phones, the pixel six line gets tested as far as toughness and it does pretty damn well for itself. So anyway, um, it's another area where I feel like the pixel six is a superior phone to the pixel six pro. Um, so it's got a good solid feel to it. Okay. Let, let's keep going with this. Uh, of course, everybody talked about how it has the giant camera bump on the back, both the six and the six pro have that. Uh, and I like that because for, for a couple of reasons. Okay. One is, and again, if you're willing to put the camera bump on it, why aren't you willing to put in any extra size for a fucking headphone jack? God damn it. You see, see what I mean? It just, no, their, their arguments don't make any sense unless, unless it's the security argument, but they've got to be more open about that and make that sell me the reason that you don't have it anymore. And you can't just say courage because you're a fucking liar. When your MacBook still has a headphone jack, you son of a bitch. Sorry. Just drives me nuts. <laughs> the marketing speak sometimes. Anyway. So I like the camera bump. I dig it. That's fine. Um, especially like when you put on a, uh, particularly a Google branded case, they made their own cases for this. Uh, and we don't need to get into the colors. The pixel six has more colors. I have, what, what is it? Something like somewhat sea foam is the name of it or whatever. It's like a green and you know, that's nice enough. It's nice to have something that just isn't a black slab for fuck's sake. Uh, but anyway, so the camera bump, I don't mind partly because it is a very slippery slippery phone. <laughs> like this baby will slide right out. Uh, and the camera bump actually helps ground it. Um, you know, when you don't have a case on it, but I do have one of the official Google cases on it. And obviously that helps a lot with the lack of slipperiness and it gives you some bezel to actually hold onto. Um, I find it interesting that Google, you know, made its own case that improves upon the grippability of these phones. It's like they knew what they were doing. You know, it's, it's almost like they planned on it that, yeah, we want the markup of the $30 case, uh, you know, to, to offset the cost of these phones, because these are, in my opinion, flagship operational phones, you know, but they cost anywhere from 20, 25 to 40% less than your average flagship phone, say from Samsung, but they have the same performance. Part of that comes down to the tensor chip. Now the tensor chip is pretty clearly customized for a couple of things, uh, machine learning slash AI, whatever those terms mean to you. Uh, but ultimately, yes, that is, that's a lot of, of what that, that, you know, customization on the Exynos processor that makes the tensor processor. Uh, that's what that's about. Um, there's, you know, this is a, this is, this is a processor. The tensor chip, okay. Is really good at parallel processing really, really good at that. Um, it's also the GPU is fairly powerful, uh, or, you know, the GPU aspects are fairly powerful on it. Um, and you can see all of that in operation, um, particularly the parallel processing. And a lot of that comes down to that machine learning where, and, and we talked about this when, 
we did the initial discussion of what Google had announced with the Pixel 6 line, that a lot of a lot of things that a smartphone historically, you know, ever since smartphones have been a thing, historically would do in the cloud, you know, would do by connecting to servers. The Pixel 6 is doing on device. This is a very smart move on Google's parts on Google's part for a few different reasons. One of the reasons, you know, and I mean like, like translation, like live translation, which is a feature where the pixel can essentially translate anything that appears on its screen. Um, it's not just like Google translate. It's like Google translate on your own, on your phone, on your own screen. Um, you know, like that, um, there are some, there are a lot of other little features, which I may not get to all of them because there are so many when you get into the settings on this thing. Um, but it handles a lot of that processing, a lot of the photo processing, a lot of these other things, it's handling it all on device. Again, that's a smart move a, because, you know, if you're trying to push 5g on everybody, 5g just isn't ready. Hopefully it's never ready, but it's just not ready for the masses. And so you can't count on a consistent 5G connection. And if you did, it's going to drain the fuck out of the thing's battery. Okay. So you're, you're saving, you know, uh, 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 data for one, you know, transmission and receivership. You're saving that for an infrastructure that's just not ready. And you're saving the battery of the thing by having, you know, all of that processing post-processing done on the device itself. You're also making an argument for privacy, which is something that really no other company has tried to take Apple on about. And that Apple specifically in 2021 is losing on because of the bullshit that they were talking about with, you know, with iCloud. Now, it's not to say that Google isn't doing the same damn thing. But then here's my other controversial comment for this episode. <laughs> I think Google with the Pixel 6 line specifically may be doing privacy better than Apple themselves. And this is more true if you are using Google Fi with, uh, you know, with, with the Pixel 6, um, which I think a lot of people are. I think, I, in fact, maybe, you know, I don't know. However, I, I've heard numbers that Google will produce, you know, anywhere between 3 million or traditionally they've pr produced around 3 million pixel phones every year. Um, with the pixel six line, they're doing like 7 million. And I don't know if that's 7 million between the six and the six pro, or if it's 7 million each, uh, but you know, credit to Google. I mean, they've got to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Uh, these, these phones, the six and the six pro were incredibly hard for people to get their hands on. I mean, these babies sold out. You know, and there's still people who ordered them on the Google store, you know, before launch day that are, I think, still waiting on getting their hands um, on their Pixel 6 phone. So this baby is selling. OK, but when you include Google Fi on this, uh, because if you recall, one of the things that Apple was doing with the photos was it was also scanning the hashes of photos when you sent them an iMessage. Right now. If you're using Google Fi and you're using Android messages and, you know, you're, which is, you know, Android messages with RCS is, you know, with RCS enabled is Google's answer to iMessage. OK. Um, and if you have chat features enabled, you know, if you have RCS enabled, you're doing between Android phones, you're doing end to end encryption. OK. As long as you're both using Google messages. And not only that, I mean, Google's even besting Apple in that now if you're a Google Fi customer. Okay. Um, 
you're in, and you know, you're using just the stock phone app, they're end to end encrypting phone calls. Now remember end to end all being done on device. And that's the, that's the particularly the big deal with the pixel six line is that because of the tensor processor, everything's being done, you know, offline or a lot is a lot more anyway, is being done offline. And because of that alone, I, again, I think they're doing privacy better than Apple is now is Apple doing privacy well in the first place? No. So, <laughs> so, and, and Apple's constantly scheming around privacy, right? That's why they buy up companies so that it doesn't have to follow their, 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 we only keep data for six months rule, right? We've talked about this. Um, so, you know, it, it's not like Google's doing that much better, but I'm just saying that in comparison to Apple with the pixel line, they're actually beating, uh, Apple, I think at their own game. So, and I have to tell you, like, I, I haven't used a flagship phone um, as a daily driver for a very, very long time, a very, very long time. And I got to admit, you know, I mean, getting back into, you know, talking more about, about the, you know, how the, how the Pixel 6, you know, functions, you know, in daily operation. Um, man, this thing is smooth as fuck. <laughs> I mean, it is fast. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't see, I'm not seeing any weak spots in speed. Um, with the tensor chip. So it's delivering on that end. And again, you have plenty of Ram, you know, for it to do so also, but yeah, I mean, th this thing is just so, so fast. Um, the camera, you know, that's what a lot of people talk about with the pixel line because Google's cameras are, or, you know, they're, it's post-processing really like it's computational, uh, work that it does on the photos that it takes is considered best in the industry, you know, arguably beating Apple. I think people could, you know, kind of go both ways on it. I've heard other commentators say, no, I think the Apple 13 still takes a better picture, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, again, I'm not a big photo guy, but the photos that I take with this thing are just unbelievable. You know, like I, 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 I just can't get over it, you know, how good they look. Um, but of course, if you're privacy minded, I'd say that's a bug, not a feature. Um, you know, having a better camera is actually a bad thing. Now, how about battery life? Um, battery life, I think, is is actually great for for a phone that doesn't tout itself as having a massive battery, which it doesn't. You know, it's not like the Moto G Power, um, which I was using previously, which that, you know, got me like three, four days, you know, of, of usage on, on one charge. Fucking amazing. Um, and, and, you know, I can use a phone pretty heavy, uh, you know, on any given day. Um, this phone easily gets me through the day, easily gets me into it. Like, I, I feel like I get a day and a half out of, out of this thing. Now, to be clear... Um, I shut off, you know, like 80% of, of features, um, that this thing wants to tout, like, you know, the always on screen, you know, active display, a lot of this other stuff. I will turn most of those features right off. And like I said, I turned off 5g instantly. 4g is fine for me. I have no interest in 5g. Um, you know, that's the only like palatable thing about phones that have 5g as a feature is that at least for now you can still turn it off. Um, you know, and, and, you know, just use 4g. So, you know, I've been doing that as well. So, because there have, there were people initially that were complaining about the battery life saying, man, this thing drains in half a day. Uh, and a lot of people came out and said, uh, that might be due to the fact that 5g sucks, which I was glad to see, you know, news, traditional news outlets admit to that. But yeah, I, I turn a lot of things off. Um, something else that I, I mean, but you know, some, all right, hold on. So some features I do, I have left on like there is, so the pixel line has an entire like security hub now, which 
I applaud, you know, that it's straight up. It's telling you what it is. And it's actually very well-rounded what the security hub features, including a lot of privacy aspects. Uh, again, you got to believe Google that they, you know, are going to respect your privacy because they don't have to, and usually don't, <laughs> you know, behind your back, but in marketing it's there. Okay. Um, so, you know, in the security hub, uh, there are a lot of features that allow for a lot of active listening, not active display, but active listening. Like there is a feature and I know Apple's going to be, you know, implementing it into their iPhones going forward. Uh, or I think that's the rumor, but there's a feature where it can detect if you get into a car crash and it will call your emergency contact. And these are things that I've kind of tested out and, you know, they have, they, they have mitigations in it to, to, you know, to, if it's a false positive where, you know, it won't call that contact for like a minute and it'll be notifying you. So you can turn it off within that minute and so on. Um, you know, a lot of interesting features. Um, there's an active listening feature where it can hear what music, you know, is, is playing around you. Um, I did test that out and it works and it correctly identifies the song if it knows the song. And I found it humorous that many times because me, you know, again, part of the reason that I run a NAS for my music and I have my own music library is look, Spotify doesn't fucking have the music I listen to. Okay. I don't know of any music streaming service out there that has a large percentage of the music that I usually listen to. I listen to rare shit. Okay. And so because of that, a, I think that those all music streaming services suck, um, unless it's attached to your own library, which Google used to have the best thing for that. Google play music, which lets you upload your own songs. Um, no, don't, don't tell me about Apple doing that. We, we know the issues that happened there and Google play music fell prey to the same issues. I, I just, again, you want something where it's your library and your library only, right? Anyway. So, um, anytime I'm playing my music, it has no idea what the hell it is. And sometimes this isn't even like unpopular stuff. Yeah. I listen to rare stuff, but it's usually not like, so many times it's not unpopular. Like it never seems to pick up when I'm listening to white snake. It never seems this feature really just feels like a marketing feature for the entertainment industry. Okay. So it works, but it only works with modern stuff. And I think that's by design. Like it's designed to ultimately sell you music or, you know, whatever gets you into, and I'm sure there's some kind of controls that are handled by, you know, the RIAA in conjunction with Google or something like that, um, where, you know, yeah. Okay. Recognize this, th these songs, this month. I mean, it just, it, it's a bullshit feature. It works. But again, I think it's something that's really controlled by, you know, by the entertainment industry, you know, and Google, which Google is absolutely a part of the entertainment industry. YouTube, anyone. Okay. Um, I, I mean, it, it's, it's similar to how, okay. Say you go to like the storefront for Google music or if you use, or, or like the storefront on iTunes or whatever, they don't, they never promote in the big banner up top. They never promote like the new LA guns album. They never promote shit from, you know, like even newer bands, like you never get a promotion for heat or beast in black you know, or like the new crazy licks album, which is fucking brilliant. You, you, like you, you never, you never get that because that's not about you finding new music. That's about you finding music that the system, you know, <laughs> that the legacy industry wants to schlep on you. That's what that's about. And I think this feature is the same thing. So it works, but it's bullshit.
Um, but yeah, I, I turn off so many other things like, you know, gestures, gesture navigation. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I turned that off instantly. I had, I have no interest. The only gesture I ever felt like that was actually useful is on Motorola phones where they have, you, you shake the phone and it turns the flashlight on. I missed that. I'll, I'll admit it. I, I missed the fuck out of that. Um, on, on the pixel six, uh, that, th- that should just become a standard feature for Android. Um, but gesture, gesture navigation just should not. Uh, and it does give you the opportunity to switch back to the three button, you know, where it's, you know, the square, the circle, the triangle, um, where you can go back to that. Thankfully. I mean, I think Google would, boy, it'd be such a fail and somebody would make an app that would allow you to switch back anyway, but it'd be such a fail if they didn't allow for that. Um, but it's, you know, this leads to a very important point. Uh, the pixel phones, unlike the Nexus phones, the Nexus phones, I would argue had a pure version of Android on them. The idea that the pixel that, that the Google phones in the pixel line are like some kind of stock Android. Look, that's just not true. That's not true anymore. It hasn't been true for years. Uh, the, the best way to get anything close to stock Android might be buying a Motorola or a Nokia, you know, as far as getting like AOSP. Or, you know, you can put Lineage OS or whatever on, okay. But, like, stock Android essentially just does not exist anymore. There was a time, with the, like, I think with the Nexus line, where it did. But that's not true anymore. Google does so many customizations um, on the Pixel line. Like, it's, you know, Samsung has their own UI, right? OnePlus has their own UI and so on. I mean, Google has gotten to the point that they have the Pixel UI, if you want to call it that. And this point is going to get to the Google slash Samsung conversation I want to have at the end of this, but let's keep going. Um, so I turn a lot of that stuff off and maybe that's why the battery lasts, you know, a day and a half, uh, for me. Um, but yeah, I, I have no, I have no issues there. And maybe that might be why I don't see the difference between the eight gigabytes and 12 gigabytes, you know, between the two pixel models. Um, but you know, it works perfectly well and has you know, most of the advanced features I could still use a lot of them. Again, I don't think would hurt too much, um, but I, I don't need the active display. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> so, and I turn off things like haptic feedback. I kill all of that. Uh, there, there's no, that's not necessary. And granted, I do keep a pretty limited number of apps, you know, like that, because the more apps and the more notifications you get, um, that's going to drain your battery as well. Uh, you know, all those background processes, of course, it's going to kill your battery. Um, but I, you know, I generally steer clear of that. And I still have like, you know, cause pixel has, they have unique, uh, especially the pixel six has unique live wallpapers. And I've run, I've been running those live wallpapers ever since I got the phone. Uh, and they, I don't see them draining the battery significantly in any way that used to not be true. It used to be, if you had a live wallpaper running, you know, where it's moving in the background, uh, you know, it was going to drain your battery. I mean, a good like 20%. Uh, that's just, that's not true anymore, which I'm, I'm glad it, cause it, it's really, it, frankly, it's gorgeous. Uh, you know, some of these wallpapers, like even the plants that they have on it that are kind of moving as you move the phone and you know, the planet spinning and all that. It's, it's, it's impressive. But again, we're at the point where, because of the tensor chip, you know, where Google is really in charge of the hardware now. And so they can customize, you know, a lot of these, even tiny features, uh, you know, to, to work really well with the hardware and to not drain the battery. Right. Um, so speaking of that, one of the big, you know, as far as look goes, one of the big deals that was coming along with Android 12 or particularly the pixel line is what's called material. You, uh, 
Now, I I can't stand, you know, these kinds of developments. Or really what I can't stand, I'm fine. You want to make your OS prettier? That Okay, go ahead, you know. Uh, as long as it doesn't sacrifice speed or battery drain, you know, or anything like that, as long as there's no real sacrifice to be had for it, go ahead. You know, I don't care. But the big deal that people that that news outlets make about these things is what drives me nuts. I mean, like the amount of stories about Material U that were posted on Android Police or whatever. Like, uh, I just I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, I just, I just want to jam a pencil in my ear. I just. <laughs> It just doesn't mean shit, you know, until it actually works. And material use, like, a, it's a big deal where, and the argument goes, is that it, it will allow the system to, like, or, you know, Android to theme, like, even your icons, just theme everything to match the color of, say, your wallpaper. Like, it, it creates a, a unified theme, uh, color scheme, I should say, uh, you know, throughout the entire system. And this works more or less, uh, but... It's going to take a while. Most app icons don't work with it, you know? So, I mean, essentially, if you had like a green plant in your background on your smartphone, then, you know, the icons and everything would would take on colors that match that background. It looks nice when it works, but we're just, it's not there yet. Okay. And it, it's technically, it's still in beta anyway, but I just, I don't care about that, but whatever it's there. So, okay. Um, yeah. Niceties aside, like this, this phone gets the job done and more like, I mean, this is just a, this is a, you know, blazing fast phone. Um, and it, it's got a lot of, of really nice little features, especially if you don't give a shit about your privacy, holy shit, the things this, this phone must do for you. You know, I mean, I was even thinking, I'm like, yeah, you know, this whole, like, like the emergency setup on it, where like, if you get in a car crash or some of the other things, uh, you know, fuck, if you're going to take my privacy, you might as well like help save my life, <laughs> you know? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bullshit, but okay. Like that, that, that there's a feature, you know, that, that makes it almost not, not really, but that makes it almost worthwhile. So the pixel six, I think is a truly great smartphone for what smartphones are. Um, is it without, you know, does it, is it without issue? No, there are issues. Let's talk about them. Okay. Again, some of these issues aren't actually issues for me because I don't use a smartphone in that way, or I don't care. Um, yeah, the lack of a, of a, of a one eighth jack of a headphone jack, boy, that, that, that really rubs my rhubarb. <laughs> that pisses me off. Um, there's also a lack of a micro SD card slot for memory expansion. Uh, people might be pissed. I, like I, I mean, you know, I have old tastes in smartphones where I want the battery to be removable. It's not, you know, on this, obviously that that's other than maybe Nokia, I think that's essentially a dead feature now, uh, with, with most smartphone companies. Um, that sucks, you know, not having a replaceable battery, of course, uh, it sucks to not have a micro SD card slot. Um, one could get into whether or not like that's a security feature and okay. You could kind of make an argument for that, you know, but then you also still have a SIM card slot. I believe you about the micro and, and look, Google phones have never had a SD card slot, so it's nothing new. And it's been true for, you know, almost 10 years now. Um, but so I expected that, but I'm just saying, yeah, I wish I had one. Um, but you know, the issue with, okay, yeah, we're not going to put in a micro SD card slot and you want to make that an argument for security, but you still have a replaceable SIM 
<laughs> you know, so you can still get into the phone in, in such a way that a micro SD card uh, slot would have been possible. Um, even though it does have an eSIM. So, you know, it didn't need to have that SD card slot. And I would have believed them more if it didn't have the micro SD card slot, but, or I mean, if it didn't have the SIM card slot, but whatever. So there's that, those, those things, you know, suck. Um, the thing that a lot of people are complaining about, okay, yes, there was, there was the, 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 the bug where Google assistant was making phone calls. Okay. I, again, this is just one of those things that I turn off. I turn off Google assistant instantly. I don't want Google assistant doing jack shit for me. Okay. And some would argue then why get a Google phone? Well, there's, there's a lot of reasons for it. I mean, I've described some of the amazing features that this thing has, uh, some of which I can appreciate. Uh, you know, again, also it's like if you're buying, if you were, I mean, I wasn't, but if you were buying one of these, you know, especially for 600 bucks for a pixel six, not the pro, but for just the six, uh, you're getting the best value on the planet as far as smartphone goes. I mean, that's essentially the cheapest, uh, you know, a flagship phone out there. But I mean, and this is the main feature that I'd want a Google phone for is getting the updates right away as fast as possible, not just security updates, but also, um, you know, also Android version updates and getting them for a very long time. I mean, this is attractive to me to get the next three versions of Android and get five years of security updates outside of that. That's a very attractive proposition to somebody who's a cybersecurity spe specialist like myself, somebody who's written the fucking security manual on Android. It's a great thing. Okay. And that, that, that's worth it alone. But anyway, Google assistant was placing phone calls and I just hope that makes people realize, Hey, you know, maybe Google assistant isn't a good idea, but Google's already patched that right. And easy enough for them to do because they control the hardware now. Um, so, you know, that, that is what it is. Uh, the other thing that a lot of people are having issue with on this is the fingerprint reader. The fingerprint reader is, uh, on the screen. Okay. Like it's underneath the screen. It's not a, it's not a fingerprint reader. That's like a built-in fingerprint reader on the, like on the, or a traditional, you know, fingerprint reader that's on the back or that's on the power button or something like that. This is one that's in the screen. So there's a very specific target on the screen itself that you have to hit uh, for it to work. And a lot of people are finding it to be incredibly slow. Um, the other thing I don't like about it is it, you know, the way that that type of, you know, optical fingerprint reader works, it has to flash your, basically your fingerprint. And so there is like a camera flash that goes on every time that you press it. Now, if you're like me, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, it's late at night and you're, you know, in a dark room and reading it, you know, you know and looking at your phone. Um, I'm not saying that's a good thing to do. In fact, it's a bad habit, but, uh, you know, maybe sometime in the future, I'll be able to stop doing that. Uh, you know, there's just, there's certain times of the day where it's the only time that you can fucking relax. <laughs> and so that's what you do. But, uh, but that, that, that just kills it. And, and it's ironic too, because one of the things I like that Android, I don't know if it's an Android 12 feature or if it's a pixel feature, but it has the extra dim button in the drop down menu. So you can still, you know, you can make the screen as dim as you normally can on any smartphone, but then it has a button for extra dim. And that's great. I love that. Now I don't have to install a separate app because the more apps you install, that creates more attack vectors, right? And who knows what you're installing sometimes. So I thought that that was, and, and again, it makes the extra dim, you know, system wide other than the fucking fingerprint reader. Uh, so I think that's a fail to have the flash on that. 
But a lot of people think it's a fail because you have to hit the target just right. And it can be very slow to open uh, your smartphone. For me, this isn't an issue at all because I don't use biometrics. I think biometrics are a horrible idea and are flawed by their very nature. So a lot of people were clamoring for, hey, the Pixel 6 is great, but boy, I wish it had a traditional, you know, fingerprint scanner on it. Um, nah, it doesn't matter to me, you know, <laughs> it, for me, it just makes it a more svelte phone that it doesn't have a fingerprint reader anywhere else. Um, because again, I don't use it now. Google came out with a response to this because it's been the main criticism for the, the pixel six line is the failure and, uh, sluggishness of the fingerprint reader on screen. So here's, here's what, uh, here's what Google had to say. This is directly from them. We're sorry for quote, we're sorry for the hassle. The pixel six fingerprint sensor utilizes enhanced security algorithms. In some instances, these added protections can take longer to verify or require more direct contact with the sensor. Um, all right, here, here's the problem with that. And that's end quote. Here's the problem with that. The fingerprint, and, and this speaks to why I have a problem with, with biometrics in general. The finger, there was also reports that the fingerprint sensor was reading false positives where it was allowing other people to log into the smartphone. Now, okay, this is this problem of tricking fingerprint sensors is part of the reason that I think whether they admit it or not, why Apple got away from fingerprint, why they got away from touch ID, why they got away from fingerprint sensors as much as they could. And they went to face ID. Because like, if you remember people, cause we reported it on sovereign tech years ago, people were like just putting their nipple onto the, the, the touch ID and it would unlock the phone, you know, the iPhone. Um, look, if biometrics are too easy to trick or they are too hard for you to, uh, sufficiently control. Okay. Um, so I don't use biometrics anyway. And some people were saying, you know, some commentators were saying, well, I think what Google should do is reintroduce face ID and then this won't be an issue. Fuck no. Folks, we're going into a future where cryptocurrencies are the norm. Okay. In many ways, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're there uh, or we're, you know, we're, we're, we're that close. Right. Um, and you're going to be storing those on your phone. Why the fuck when you're talking about having that kind of money on the line or even that speculative amount of money on the line, why the fuck? Would you count on security that can be accessed while you are not conscious? Do you see what I mean? You know, if somebody knows that you are, are someone that, or, you know, or if it gets to the point where everybody has, you know, some, some amount of crypto say on their smartphone, it's so easy to beat you over the head. And then, you know, they can just use your face to unlock the smartphone, or they can just use your hand to unlock the smartphone. Or there's, you know, uh, issues around like fifth amendment protections, which you don't really have those protections anyway, but regardless, you know, don't make it easy for them. Have your arguments where you can have them. Uh, fifth amendment protections get thrown out the door when you use biometrics, biometrics are biometric security is a horrible idea across the board and it will never be a good idea. I've covered that too many times on sovereign tech. I'm not going to recover the ground here. I'm giving you the simple, you know, 2021, 2022 answers as to why it's a horrible idea, but I don't give a shit that this the fingerprint sensor doesn't work. If anything, it's just more of an argument for, for people to not use it and go back to using uh, their pin numbers. Right. And if you want to do pin numbers, right, do at least six numbers. Thank you. Have a good day. 
So, you know, people say this is a flaw. No, <laughs> this is a feature, not a bug to have a shitty, uh, you know, a shitty fingerprint sensor. Good. Because I, I don't recommend anybody ever use these things anyway. And face ID, that's not a solution. That's just that's just 10 times worse. Then somebody could just like, uh, well, anyway, you get my point. And I mean, hey, I'd love it if Google would explain what the hell that enhanced security is. Like, yeah, give, give me the technical breakdown on that. <laughs> oh, it's proprietary? Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Not when you got people reporting that, oh, yeah, no, anybody's able to get into my smartphone, you know, with, with a fingerprint unlock because the fingerprint reader sucks ass. So, well, again, this is true for all of them. This isn't just a pixel problem. If you don't think it's true now, it eventually will be. Anyway. So that said, again, I don't see that as a problem. So for me, the Pixel 6, not the 6 Pro, the Pixel 6 is, you know, I mean, minus the 5G bit of business out there. You know, I, I pre previously, I would argue that the Moto X4, especially if it's running Lineage OS, was the best, you know, smartphone out there. Okay. Uh, I mean, just like that, that was, that, that was the top tier was the Moto X4. But if you are, you know, a little more um, conventional and you're using a smartphone, you know, and, and like you're not using an anti-Google smartphone, um, you know, and you just want like this, uh, you know, really solid Android experience that still has like the best security and perhaps privacy that you can get outside of an anti-Google smartphone, you know, like say, again, Calyx OS uh, lineage OS, or even like a Linux phone or something like that, then yeah, I think, I think the pixel six, not, the, not even the six pro. I think the pixel six is the best smartphone out there. Again, turn off 5g on it right away. Uh, kill Google assistant, you know, <laughs> don't use the fingerprint reader and yeah, it's, it's the best experience out there. And you're going to, again, for security, you're going to get those security updates for years longer than any other smartphone company. Now that said, and, and I mean, also, even if you're into like Calyx OS and, uh, you know, and some of these others now, I'm not a hundred percent sure if, because Google now has control, like with the tensor chip and so on, or like where you run into issues with the Exynos chip uh, on Samsung devices where custom ROMs don't work very well, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with smartphones using these SOCs. Um, if you run into that, then maybe it's not good for, you know, I mean, one of the beauties of the pixel line and especially the Nexus line was that you could count on, um, the custom ROM communities, like developing for those for many, many years. Right. Uh, that may not be true, you know, going forward as the tensor chip, you know, gets more and more locked down. But if you're buying stock and you're not going to get into that, any of that fanciness, um, then, yeah, I, I think the Pixel 6 is is the best smartphone on the planet today. Uh, I think it blows away even, you know, iPhones. You know, you could argue that that's, you know, apples and oranges, but like I, I think it even blows away iPhones. Especially when it comes to customizability and features that are already in it that are potentially yet to come, you know, on, on iPhone. So that said, I had like an overarching point that I want to get to here, and that is... Let's take a look at the future of smartphones. Where are we going with all of this? Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think we talked about it. I, I really recommend you go listen to that Techtober episode because we did discuss this there. Like, where's Apple going with things? 
right? Apple is going into AR, you know, augmented reality. I think Google is doing the same thing. I personally think that, especially with the Pixel line, that the gesture navigation, all of that is not about making navigating your smartphone easier, right? I think that totally has to do with getting you used to operating to, to functions happening when you move your fingers in a certain way. And that is all about getting past the smartphone. That is all about getting, getting to that place where, you know, it is augmented reality and the tensor chip is maybe in like the latest version of Google glass, which will, you know, eventually become a thing. Like I said, Apple's going in the same direction. Okay. It's about getting to AR. All right. And that's what 5g is about where you're having this constant connectivity wherever you happen to go. And it's a connectivity that, you know, is, is multi-beam, you know, I mean, like the, the, this infrastructure is all about that. Okay. And the tensor chip, you know, getting it used to doing a lot of things on device while right now you could, you could maybe call it privacy respecting and more secure. Okay. When it's done on device, I think that does make it more secure inherently. Um, eventually is leading to where, you know, it can, it can interact best, most efficiently with the 5G infrastructure. So that, again, that's what I think, you know, a lot of the gestures are about. That's what Google Assistant is about, because if you want something done, you're either going to make a gesture or you're going to tell Google Assistant to do it, right? Um, I mean, Apple eventually wants, you know, the AirPods to effectively be like the computer that you interact with. You know, that's not anything new. I've talked about that before. Um, you know, audio is a big part of AR. Uh, that's why, I mean, also, you know, there were pixel buds that came along with this. I have no interest in those. Um, in fact, it, it's probably pretty funny because like the, the usual headphones that I use with my pixel six <laughs> are, are a pair of, of, you know, old, uh, uh, not AirPods, um, but whatever, I don't know. What do you call them? whatever Apple calls their, their headphones, I forget the name, <laughs> but I'm using, you know, like classic, uh, Apple headphones that would normally come with an iPod or that used to come with an iPhone. Uh, because I think, cause they don't jam into your ear. They just sit on your ear without being over your ear. Uh, I don't like in-ear headphones at all. Um, and I have these hooked up to a dongle that are connecting, you know, to USB-C, um, on, you know, onto, uh, you know, into the pixel six. So it's funny that I'm using, you know, an Apple product for such an important aspect of a Google smartphone. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not going to have shit jam into my ear. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the, like the surface buds, like whatever those are, the surface earbuds, those are cool. Cause they don't actually go into your, like, they don't jam into your ear. They don't have a, you, you still can hear, like you still have ambient awareness, um, which is, is so important to me. I, man, I, I think people are rolling the dice with their fucking lives when they're, they're jamming shit into their ears to where they, they can't hear, you know, like ambient noise. Wow, man, <laughs> your, your, your personal meat space security threat model is so fucking off <laughs> when, when, when you do that, but whatever. Anyway, so I, I don't have the pixel earbuds at all. I didn't, you know, test those, uh, in any way. Um, now let's be clear here. It could be years. It could be a decade before we get to a point where, you know, the, the AR future that Apple and Google are banking on. And I don't even mean the metaverse. I mean, AR. Okay. 
I don't, I, in fact, I think Google would be smart to just skip the metaverse. I'd be, I think it's smart for any company to skip the fucking metaverse. That's, you know, a conversation for another episode, but it might be years before we get to that. Okay. So in between now and then, you know, and Samsung's doing the same thing. Okay. In between now and then, I think that really in the Android space, the only smartphones that matter in Android. Okay. Unless you're into, if you're into Calyx OS and you're into, you know, lineage OS and all that, you, you know what you're doing, baby. And, and you're, you're doing it right. And you're doing better stuff. Okay. But like in the, just, you know, you pick it up off the shelf and away you go. Okay. Space. And that it runs Android. There are, in my opinion today, there are really only two smartphone companies. Okay. There's at least in the United States. And that's it. There's Google and there's Samsung and that's it. And Samsung knows, I think they, they're very aware, uh, you know, and I mean, and the numbers show it, it's not like it's a hidden fact, uh, but you know, just how dominant they are, you know, they're, they're bigger than Apple and obviously they're infinitely bigger than what Google puts out there. You know, Google is just, is kind of playing catch up right now. Um, but obviously they're doing pretty well with a smartphone, like the pixel six or smartphones, like the pixel six line. Uh, but that's why, you know, Samsung is doing the A series, right? Because they know they, they need to get in that lower tier. But, you know, I mean, it's just, it's really to the point, like the only smartphone companies and, and Motorola is still trying to do interesting things. You know, I, I don't want to knock them to, you know, really. Uh, and, and I mean, I've been using Motorola for so many years um, and all different models, you know, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's Samsung and Google. And if you want to talk, you know, the big three, I think it's really like, it's absolute Apple, Samsung, and Google. Like those are the smartphones that they're the ones that I think it only makes sense to get. Again, if you're into Calyx OS and other things, totally different story, but off the shelf that that's where we're at. Microsoft is doing interesting things to do with the duo, but I don't think that that's going to like when the duo three hits for Microsoft, then they're going to be a player. Okay. But not until then. And Android 12 L is obviously looking at that, you know? Um, so, but I mean, but that's it. it. It's down to these, to these companies. Um, I am shocked and maybe it'll end up becoming a thing. Um, I'm shocked that Google's not now, now they said they're not going to come out with a new Chromebook. I think in 2022, I believe that was the claim. Um, I, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't start using the tensor processor in, um, you know, in Chromebooks, uh, as well. And, you know, I think that would be incredibly intelligent of them to do. And then they really will be, you know, using Apple's playbook, which is a winning one. Um, again, it's Google, you know, if, if you're somebody who gives a shit about your privacy, hardcore and all that stuff, you're, you know, it's not where you're going to go anyway. Right. <laughs> so, you know, all of this would be moot for you, but if you have a job or clients or whatever, you know, where we're having, you know, some traditional tech, like a more traditional smartphone, uh, you know, is matters like say iPhone or, you know, something like that. Well then here, here are your options. In my opinion, it all comes down to, and going into the future, it's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to Samsung, Google, and, uh, you know, an Apple. And like those, those will be the three companies and I don't, and Samsung and Google are really working tightly together, um, on on a lot of different things. 
So I'm curious how that will take shape. But anyway, um, you know, if you need a new smartphone is, is the six, is the pixel six a great buy? Yeah, absolutely. If you can afford it. Absolutely. Um, you know, should you wait perhaps for, you know, if you want to try like a foldable phone, should you wait for the, the pixel foldable, whatever that ends up looking like? Yeah, I think you could wait. If you can wait another year, I think you're going to have an, I, my guess is with Android 12 L getting announced that a pixel foldable is going to get released next year. That's just a prediction. It only, I think it only makes sense. People are expecting it this year. Uh, but I think next year you might finally see that. Um, or, you know, at that point, maybe you're going to think if a duo three is available, then maybe that will make sense because Android will be working with dual screen phones or foldable phones better. Um, you know, if you want to wait for that future, then okay. So, and again, we're talking from a very basic consumer level, right? Or from a more tech enthusiast, uh, uh, level, you know, if we're talking about anti-state privacy and all that jazz, no, if you're anti-state or I, you know, if you're concerned about that level of privacy, because you're that kind of activist, you shouldn't have a smartphone flat out. Right. You know, but maybe you're like me where sure, like you even care about activism at that level, but then you also work at a, you know, you have a job or you work remotely or wherever, where you are kind of required to have a smartphone that can run this app for your enterprise space, you know, can do this and that and blah, you get it right. I mean, that's, that's the system that we do happen to live in and that unless you're incredibly independently wealthy, uh, you can't run away from just yet. But in that legacy system, yeah, the Pixel 6 is, you know, as far as smartphones, best thing going today, in my opinion. I mean, for, for the updates alone, it's the best thing going. Um, and it's competitive hardware. It's hardware that's competitive with Samsung and significantly lower in price. Um, you know, again, Samsung and Google are working together again very nicely. So I don't know what, what that's ultimately gonna, going to end up, uh, uh, you know, looking like, but those are the two comp I, you know, I re- again, I really, I can't recommend, you know, buying outside of them and they're going to be the dominant players going forward. Um, you know, outside of the United States, I mean, sure you have, you know, Huawei is trying to, is, is, is trying to stay relevant. Uh, you know, you have Xiaomi, which is just a giant, um, you know, you, you have other companies out there that, that are doing things, but most of their like amazing phones aren't even available in the United States anyway. So I'm speaking more from the United States going into the future, you know, that, that may grow, Right. Um, and security is really important right now. I mean, it's really, really important. Having these updates is the most, and Android one phone seem to have kind of fallen away. So this is the best way to make sure you get all of those updates. And I think it is important to get those updates if you engage with the legacy system. So that's where we're at. Uh, anyway, I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the review and, you know, my thoughts on it. And I think we got into, you know, some side subjects, uh, that make it all worthwhile. Even if you don't give a shit about smartphones and bravo for you, if you don't. So we'll wrap this one up more sovereign tech to come. I will see all of you on the other side. Hey, is sovereign tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no, I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other than Free Talk Live. It's the show you control. That's right. It's an open phones call-in show that is ready for you. And if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard, don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside. And not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. 
Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The Golden Stallion guarantees a good time, and you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com, and we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. <laughs> 